In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? You don't have to answer. First of all, is there anyone here who has not tried at some point to love another? Remind yourself of what that was like, or what that is like. Most of us are probably endeavoring right now, or these days, to love someone whom we don't, or to love better someone we don't love well. My guess is that we probably tried to be more determined about having the right disposition towards them, which is good. I encourage you to keep that up. It's good to make that incarnate. I imagine that quite a few of us are then doing good things for that person, saying prayers for them, doing acts of kindness to benefit them. That's also very good. Love is not simply feeling. Love is a, uh, a relationship between two people. It's, it's active. But it's also worth asking ourselves, if I just simply need to start by admitting I don't love that person. It almost makes me sound like I'm not a Christian. But unless we admit, no, I don't love them, we won't ever make any progress. In the same way that if I don't admit, I commit that sin because I like that sin, I will never make any progress overcoming it. One thing that's, that's certain to result in a few specific questions is if someone in the confessional says, this happened, and I, and I can't believe it happened again, or, and I have no idea why it happened. Hold on, uh, time out. If you're ever wondering, uh, sometimes people talk in confession, I just let them go, and I say very, very little. Sometimes I say a few things or ask a few questions. So that would cause a timeout. Hold on, let's stop here. Um, is it possible that you commit this sin because you like it? Okay. It's, it's not a horrible thing to admit it. It actually would be a horrible thing to refuse to admit it. So back to loving our neighbor. If maybe the starting point is I have to admit I don't love that person, that would be good. That would be helpful. Because then we have to admit it's not just a matter of being more determined about my disposition towards them because my disposition towards them already is not love. And doing things that benefit them when there is no love for them in my heart doesn't help. pause there. Isn't it true that God's commandments fulfill and complete us? Or do God's commandments superimpose upon us an obligation that is contrary to our nature? 
Does God command us to do things that are at odds with how we were created? Or does God command us to do the things that make us perfect, that, that complete us and make us who we are ultimately intended to be? The phrase that we hear more and more often is to become your better self can have a good Christian meaning. I think there are, are alternative uses of that phrase. To become your better self can also mean to get better at the things you're already good at or to enjoy more the things that you happen to be good at, to accentuate your strengths. Sometimes that means to make more palatable your bad habits. But think of this in terms of its ultimate goal, the telos, the purpose of all of this. Does God command you to do things that are at odds with your nature, albeit fallen, or that complete your nature? Obviously, they complete our nature. Which means the way we were made our nature, still flawed by original sin, but our nature was made to want to do these things. Our nature was made to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Our nature was already made to love our neighbors ourselves. Things intrude. Other people intrude. Temptation intrudes. The inheritance of original sin intrudes. Our own personal sin intrudes. And then selfishness, greed, laziness. Pause. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength? What does it mean to love God in the first place? To love God doesn't mean to desire his good, because he's already good. God can't get. He's already God. Loving God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, all our strength really has to do with that other aspect of charity, which is described by St. Thomas Aquinas, whereby we delight in the one we love. There's nothing I can do that benefits God. I can't give him anything he doesn't already have. He can't get any greater because he already is that then which nothing greater can be conceived, TTWNGCBC. But to love God means to delight in him. Have anyone, have any of us ever tried to make an effort to love God more? To love God better. I know, because you're all here, I mean, you are all religious people. I know for a certain fact, all of you had tried, all of us have tried, and are trying to love some neighbor whom we thought we did before, but maybe we realize now we don't even love them at all. But now, with even greater determination, um, we're going to try to love them, but we don't know what that means yet, because Father hasn't explained it. But to love God? Have we ever tried to do that better? Probably when we have, it's been by virtue of saying our prayers more intently 
uh, more faithfully, um, to obey him more carefully. That's all good. I encourage you to keep on doing all of that. More than likely, the person that does not love God is probably more willing to admit it than the person that doesn't love their neighbor. Because they stop believing in God, too. Well, if these commandments fulfill us rather than vitiate against our nature, albeit fallen, there's a way in which we are being summoned by God to unleash our soul to do that for which it was already made, that which it wants to do. Peel back the layers of selfishness and, and, and greed and laziness. Put yourself aside. For a moment, try not to care about your own benefit, your own pleasure, your own profit, your own feelings. Almost become invisible and just recognize this before you. What I propose to you is as simple and as difficult as actually seeing people as they are, actually seeing God as he is. To see that human soul is to love that soul. We just don't see that person. We don't want to. We see them as an interference, an encumbrance, an obstacle to overcome, an annoyance, uh, an aggravation, uh, an offense. Even the, the, the great conundrum, how do you even love the devil? How do you love the fallen angels? What, is it, what will it mean to love those who are in hell? A hunter can tell you. Even that extraordinarily dangerous creature that must be chained and in living creatures, even killed, can be absolutely glorious to behold. Doesn't mean we spend time marveling at the fallen angels. But to love is to see, to see that person. Do you see them? Do you recognize that person? Which means, have you, have you gotten your own, your own crusty self out of the way? Does anyone need to be instructed to love a newborn baby? Here's a newborn baby, better love this newborn baby. No, newborn babies have the ability to completely make ourselves invisible. They grow up, they start talking, and it changes. But it's really as simple as that. To, to, to love God, it means to actually see him. If I, if I actually see him, I will love him. To, to see him immediately is, is, is to behold God and to be overwhelmed. There are two songs that I want to conclude with to contrast. There's one that I genuinely love. I'm not criticizing this song at all. When I'm carrying the Blessed Sacrament to the sick at home or, or to the nursing home frequently, this is the hymn that I'm singing. And it's number 569. You can read it if you like, but you know it. 
O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hand has made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. This is where the, the climax should be, and what does it come with? How great thou art. Now, the melody is lovely, but the conclusion really should be something more than, you're really big. Rather, I suggest to you that there's something that can lead you to where we're headed. Number 574, that I encourage you to, to look at and read with me and to ponder how some of what I've suggested to you has been there all along. I love you, O my Lord Most High, for first your love has captured me. I seek no other liberty. Bound by your love, I shall be free. May memory no thought suggest, but shall to your pure glory tend. May understanding find no rest except in you, its only end. All mine is yours, say but the word. Say what you will, it shall be done. I know your love, most gracious Lord. I know you seek my good alone. Apart from you, nothing can be. So grant me this, my only wish, to love you, Lord, eternally. You give me all in giving this. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.